Well, if you would, why don't you open up your Bibles or electronic devices to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. You also can connect by version, but either way works. And so 1 Thessalonians, if I can remember my password, there we go. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. We're going to look at seven verses a day. I've entitled this message, A Place of Encouragement. A place of encouragement because when we look at this, the fact is that's one of the roles of the local church, right? That we should be an encouragement to one another. We should love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. All the one another's in Scripture support one another, um, forgive one another. And so all of those things are important. So not only should the local church be a place of encouragement, but really and truly every one of us needs a place. It's a place of encouragement, right? I mean, every one of us needs to make connections. We need to be in relationships to where there's like this place of, of encouragement. Now, listen, I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but one of the frustrating things for me in a cell phone is this, is when I'm traveling and I go in and out of service. And, and I hate those words. I don't know what your cell phone says. I know what my cell phone says to where often in, 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 in the upper uh, left-hand screen, it starts saying things like searching and searching and searching. I, I hate that because because when your cell phone isn't able to connect with a network, when your cell phone isn't able to connect with something outside of itself, then really and truly your smartphone is no longer a smartphone, right? It's kind of like a flip phone. Like all you can do is like make, make phone calls or whatever. You can't you can't connect with a Google. You can't ask the Google questions. You can't do any of that. And really and truly, your phone and my phone will not reach its full potential without being connected to a network outside of itself, right? Well, the Bible says this. The Bible tells us this. we're the same what? The fact is, the Bible says that we came into this world looking for connections and looking for, for real connections. In fact, is the Bible would go so far to say that you and I cannot reach our, fu- our full potential without good connections, without a good network around us, without relationships around us. And so really and truly, we come into this world and we're all, we're all searching for good relationships. We're all searching for good connections, if you will. Um, early in my ministry, I used to read, I used to read a lot. I used to read a, a book a week. That was my goal. And so I read a book a week for a number of years. And so now it's, it's a lot less than that. But I just finished a book by Henry Cloud. And it, it's called The Power of the Other. It's his latest book. I always recommend every book that, that Henry Cloud writes. And he begins writing about the power of the other, the power of good connections, the power of good relationships. And so Henry Cloud uh, identifies four types of connections or four types of relationships that a lot of times the, the, the we're, we, we move in and out of. The first one is this, that if we're not careful, it would just be like no connection. I mean, wh- whether an individual says, whether it's because of hurt, whether because of loss, whether it's because of betrayal, whether it's because of some things that they've gone in through in their life, shame or guilt or whatever, that they just make a decision. They just make a decision. You know what? I, I'm not really going to connect with anyone. It, it just hurt too bad. It, it, I, it was just too much pain. And so as a result of that, you know what? I never want to go through that again. I never want to experience that again. So I'm just going to kind of live life in with really no connection. And he says a lot of times we'll move from no connection if we're not careful to what, what he calls a bad connection. And a bad connection is this. Whenever you're connected with a group of people, or maybe it is a person, and you know you'll never live up to their expectations. You'll never be perfect enough. They will always find something. They will always criticize. In other words, you, that relationship will give you a lot of shame. It will give you a lot of guilt. It may give you some condemnation. But for whatever reason, if you're not careful, there are people that are attracted to relations like relationships like that. And so Henry Cloud says there's not only a, a no connection, there's not a, 
only a bad connection, but then sometimes we'll just, we'll, we'll just do life with a fake connection. In other words, this, to we're really, we don't really connect with anyone. I mean, we may have a lot of people around us. I mean, even in a, in a room this size, you could be in a room this size, and you can have a lot of people around you, but it's really a fake connection. You don't really connect with anyone. There's really not any um, transparency. There's not any real relationship. There's not any real connection or anything like that. And so there's some people that say, you know what, I'll just go through life, and I'll have a lot of superficial relationships. I have a lot of superficial friends. But I'm really not going to connect. I'm really not going to invest in anyone. I'm really not connecting with anyone. And so Henry Cloud says those three connections, those three different connections are very dangerous for any one of us. And so Henry Cloud in his book walks through just the power of the other, the power of relationships. And Henry Cloud would say our goal is like this good connection to where we're, we're in relationships with people where there's love, where there's encouragement, where there's prayer, where there's support, and all of these other things. The Bible talks about that. And as I read that book and as I read, read some of his principles, I started thinking, what does Scripture say? And what does Scripture say about this connection? Because the Bible is clear that we need relationships around us for us to reach our full potential. fact is, Jesus said this. Jesus says, as, as the end times come closer and closer, we're going to need those good connections more than any other time of our life. In other words, what Jesus says is we see those day, that day approaching. What Paul said is we see that day approaching. That's when we're going to really need those good connections. And so Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. He said, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all of the nations for my name's sake. In other words, as, as the world starts to deteriorate, the world begins to hate Christians because we preach a value that is not the values of this world. And he goes on. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray because a lawlessness will be increased. And the love of many in these times will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And so what Jesus says is this, is that when we, we start heading closer and closer to that day, many things are going to begin to start happening. The, the world is going to hate Christianity more and more. I mean, what he says, what Jesus says is that people will begin falling away. And we're seeing some of that. The love of many will grow cold. And he, he begins talking about false teaching and false churches will arise and, and temptation will increase in, in, in that time. And, and pleasure will be like the God of this, this, this world. And, and Jesus would say that's when we need these connections. I mean, we're, we're watching in our nation, right? We're watching our nation where it seems like religious freedoms, freedoms are going away. And, and Jesus also said that, that false religions and false cults will, will, will be on the rise. And, and so the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, in fact, is the whole book, he begins writing to believers that, that, that were going through persecution, they're going through difficult times. And the way Paul encourages them is by the relationships around us because we're honest. If we're honest... We all desire, right? We all desire good connections. We all desire healthy relationships. I mean, it, it's sometimes so interesting when you just start looking at, at prayer requests and the number of prayer requests, and you find a lot of times a lot of people's prayer requests all revolve around relationships, whether it's hurt or pain or forgiveness or whatever. And so, 
So Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 14, he begins giving us, he gives us three identifiers, three things that we know that what does a good connection look like? What, what do healthy relationships look like? What type of person am I, am I supposed to be in those relationships? And what type of person um, do I need to connect with or do I have the capabilities of connecting with in a good connection? So the first thing is this, and we're just going to walk through these verses together. Uh, all of these things start all, uh, all with, they all start with the letter C. That's easy for me to remember and hopefully easy for you to remember. And so the first thing is this, in a good connection, in a healthy connection, uh, the first identifier, the first attribute is this, is you need someone that's compassionate. I mean, you need someone that has the ability of compassion. And so compassionate would, would be the, the first identifier. You look at Paul. Paul was, he was a driven person. He was competitive. Uh, he was type A. But even Paul understood with all the goals and all the stuff that he had working and things that he accomplished, Paul cared deeply about people. And, and Paul learned because it, for Paul, it was like this learned behavior of compassion for people. Verses 7 and 8 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says this. He says, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. In other words, this, Paul was compassionate. In other words, what he's saying, you know what a good connection is? A good connection is not fake. It's not superficial. It's not bad to where you, you give persons shame and guilt and all those other things. And it's, 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 it's a connection that to where you understand that, you know what, part of being in a relationship, it, it, it's this connection. And to where I'm willing to share my life with you, I'm willing to share some things with you. And he goes on and he, he says, he says, because you have become. So the first step, the first step of good relationships or a good connection, as Henry Cloud would identify that as, is to come to the place to where you just encourage people. Listen, I'm telling you, we live in a time, Christians, we've got to learn. We've got to learn to, we've got to, learn to, be the, to believe the best in one another. We have got to learn how to love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, support one another. We've got to, isn't it true? Isn't it true we all seek a connection, good relationships? Wouldn't, wouldn't every one of us like to be in a relationship with someone, and, and hopefully you are, to where they like believe the best? the best in you and not only believe the best in you but they want the best for you I mean Christians we need to come to the place where you just believe the best in one another and start, instead of starting off sometimes with criticism instead of starting off sometimes with just the negative and so what Paul is saying is this Paul is saying is one of the ways that we do that we learn to be compassionate we learn to encourage watch this Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 he said, let, let us not and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. When we're in relationships, we know how to stir someone up, right? And a lot of times it's to the negative. And a lot of times it's to conflict. You know what the Apostle Paul says? Apostle Paul says in those good connections, let us give thought to. Let us consider. Let us believe, the, just believe the best in one another. Instead of walking into 
conflict resolution already decided the person's guilty, they're wrong, they're horrible, they had proper improper motives and all those other how about this? Let's just let's just give thought to how to stir one another up, just to love and good works. And then he goes on, not neglecting to meet together. In other words, he's talking he's talking about he's talking about this. He's talking about church. He's talking about worshiping together. He's talking about life groups. He's talking about he's talking about community. As some, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one one another, and then watch this, all the more as you see the day drawing near. He's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. He's he's talking about the end times. I'm telling you, when, when, when society begins to deteriorate, that's when we need each other the most. When your world falls apart, I mean, we need each other regardless. And we need those good connections. You know, it's interesting, if, if you're a sports fan, whether you're a football fan, a, a basketball fan, a baseball fan, uh, it, it doesn't really matter. But, as, but, but if you're a sports fan, you, you know this term. You know home field advantage, right? I mean, you get that. You understand that, that there is something about home field advantage. When, we, when my team has home field advantage, and listen, it has nothing to do with the facility. It has nothing to do with the room. Because here's the interesting thing. The football field, regardless of where you go, is the same dimensions. The baseball field, regardless of the, what ballpark you're in in the United States of America, it's still, it's still the same dimensions. A, a basketball court is still the same dimensions wherever you go. So when, when people talk about home field advantage, they're not talking about the room. They're not talking about the facility. You know what they're talking about? They're talking about who's sitting in the stands. They're talking about the fans. See, the difference of home field advantage has nothing to do with the facility. It has everything to do with who's cheering for you. That home field advantage is this, is that you have people that are encouraging and cheering for you. And so every team experiences home field, home field advantage, except for maybe like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, the fact is, that's where the, that's where the study started. Uh, when the Dallas Cowboys built AT&T Stadium not long ago, it was well over 100,000 seats. And so the, the area of Dallas could no longer, like, sell out just with the Dallas Cowboy fans. And so there's a lot of weekends, there's a lot of games when they're in their ballpark, when they're in their stadium. But there's more fans in the stands for the opposing team than there are for the Dallas Cowboys. And so they never experience home field advantage. Listen, it has nothing to do with the stadium, but it has everything to do. It has everything to do with the people that are encouraging. So if we're honest, right? Let's just be honest for a second. We all have issues, right? Wow, you guys, like, like all the other services, everybody's like, yeah, we got issues. I mean, I've got issues. You've got issues. You guys are like quiet. So, so let's do this. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I don't have any issues. Why don't you stand up? We, we all need to see what denial looks like. We all have, so, so we're tracked. We all have issues, right? Okay, thank you. We, we all have issues. Listen, I have issues, and you have issues. I, have, I, I know my issues, and I'm working on my issues. And so none of us arrived, and none of us are perfect. And when we, listen, when we understand that, it helps us to be considerate. It helps us to stir one another up for love and good works because we understand. We understand none of us are perfect. None of us arrived. We all have to believe the best in one another. Listen, what, what the Scripture teaches is we need one another. Sometimes I don't think we get that. We, listen, we need each other. 
And we need each other to worship with on the weekends, and we need each other in life groups to where we have people that can do life with us and we can build those relationships. And counselors and psychologists will tell you this, that if an individual starts talking about they want to change something in their life, whether, whether, it's, whether, it's, whether it's eating, whether it's exercise, whether it's breaking an addiction, breaking a habit or whatever, and if that person says it over and over and over, I need to change this, I'm going to change this, I need to change this, I will change this, starting whenever, you know all this, and, and they never do it, that they'll never be able to do it unless they have help from the outside, help from someone else. I mean, because see, here's what's happened. Because a lot of people, when they get into that mode, they say, "I just need to work harder. I just need to try harder. I just need to be more disciplined." What the scripture says is, "No, you need community. Man, you need people that will hold you accountable. You need people that believe the best in you. You need people that will like encourage you." And so we know this right from some organizations. We know this from dieting. Fact is, counselors and, and psychologists and, and people have done statistics, statistics and learned that, that people, when they diet, are more successful when they do it in community with others to where there's a relationship and they encourage one another, they support one another, they help one another. Addictions, whether it's AA, whether it's Celebrate Recovery, or whether it's some of those other things, that, that we know that people do much better. That Listen, there is no such thing as self-help, right? There's no such thing. And I know in bookstores we've got, we've got volumes of books, of self-help books. But that's just like a, that's just a false belief. I mean, because many of us know it's, it's not working hard. It's not trying. It, it's getting some people around you that believe the best in you. They can pray for you and encourage you and support you. I mean, in, in, in some ways, it would be like your car. Your car, you know, runs out of gas, and, and I'm really experienced in this. And so it'd be like your car, like, like running out of gas, and you're like, you know what? You look at your car and says, you know, get your own gas. You know, fill yourself up. Go get some self-gas. That's crazy, right? Then why do we look at our life and say, you know, it's just self-help. I just need, listen, I just need to work harder. I just need to try harder. I just need to be more disciplined. Listen, the scripture says that we need healthy relationships around us. We came into this world looking for connections. And for us to reach our full potential as a believer is healthy connections around us. It, it, sometimes it just grieves me so much to talk to people and they're like, well, this time, worship, is like really and truly my only connection with other believers. I don't really have any Christian friends. I don't, I don't really have any Christian friends that I hang out with and we encourage one another and we, we talk to one another and we apply scripture. I, I, don't, I don't have that. It's so interesting to me that when you just start looking at scripture in this area and you realize that the way most often that God heals that God gives help to, that God answers prayer is through people. A lot of times when we pray, it's like, God, take care of this, zap that, you know, zap that person, take care of this situation, change that person, all of those other things. And, and we want God to do something. And a lot of the times, the way that God does something is by sending people. 
So I had James and life journaling. If you're life journaling with us, we just we just life journaled through the book of James. And James says, if, if anyone has a need, if anyone has an illness, if anyone has sickness, if anyone has a prayer request, call some people and have them pray for them. Encourage. Here's what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse, verse 4. He said, who comforts us? He's speaking of God, and so here's the progression. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In other words, the way God, God heals, the way God matures, the way that we reach our potential is when we're in community. And we're in community with other believers. And, and what he's saying is this, the same comfort that we, we ourselves received, then we're to be compassionate. And we're to give that same comfort that we received to others. Is, isn't it true when, when you're going through a difficult situation, you don't want someone around you that really doesn't know you. You don't want someone around you that just talks theory. You want someone around you that's actually walked through what you're walking through, that they've walked through it, and they find uh, forgiveness or they find healing and they're on the other side of that. I mean, no one understands you like that person that's walking through the same. This is talking about that healthy connections first is is finding a group of people, finding relationships that are that are compassionate. The second the second thing is this is considerate that we not only in good connections you not only find people that are compassionate, but you find people that are are considerate. I mean, they're, they're considerate of the needs and the feelings and everything else of someone else. First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 9, he says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might, might not be a burden to any of you while we, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. In other, words, in other words, what Paul is saying, Paul is talking about being considerate. Paul is talking about, because see, here's this, a, a considerate person is a perceptive person. Paul, Paul understood. Paul understood that the struggles that that church was going through. It was it was a brand new church, and so they had just planted that church, and so they couldn't afford they couldn't afford to pay Paul a salary, and so Paul Paul understood that. He perceived that. He understood that, and so you know what Paul did? Paul understood. He says, you know what? There's just no way you can pay me a salary, but I want to help start this church. So here's what I'm going to do. I don't want to be a burden to you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and I'm going to I'm going to find a job and I'm gonna support support myself. Fact is, that's what we did at Fellowship of the Rockies when, when the church was planted. In the early days of our church, there wasn't one of our pastors that took a salary because we were we were starting a church, we were planting a church, and we knew, we understood that this church couldn't couldn't afford salaries. And so as a result, we, we didn't take salaries in the in the early days. And this is what Paul is doing. See, see, Paul was perceptive. He was he was considerate of their situations. Listen, a, a good a good encourager is someone who is considerate how someone feels in a situation or how someone thinks or the situations that they're walking through it. And you know what? There, there are some people that for them, um, <laughs> this is just like a spiritual gift. I mean, I, I've been around people that, that have this, this, this just pure spiritual gift and, 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 it, and it's an amazing gift to have. It's a gift that I do not have, but it's an amazing gift to see in someone else. And that person just, just naturally, they, they can walk into a they could walk into a church, they can walk into a life group, they can see a friend, 
and they spiritually can 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 see the needs and they can see the hurts and they can see the burdens and they do and, and the bible would say that that's a spiritual gift there's some other people though that may not have that spiritual gift and you know what they they just work through it and so they've worked through and just by discipline they they've learned just to be disciplined and just just try to perceive and just try to see and hear how someone thinks or hurts or feels or any of those situations that there are times that i believe that god just impresses some things on us right i mean have, have you ever had someone's name come to your mind and you may not have talked to them in a while you may not have seen them in a while and for whatever reason, you, you cannot, you cannot get that individual's name off your, off your mind. And so as a result, you finally, you finally give in. And so you either text them, you email them, you, you call them and say, you know what, for whatever reason, your, 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 your name has been on my mind and are you okay? And then all of a sudden, they just, they just w walk through, you know, you're not going to believe this. I can't believe you called. This is what I'm going through. Anybody ever done that for you? See, in good, in good connections where you build those relationships there there are people around see this is why life groups are just they're just so important first of september we're kicking off a lot more life groups and we would love to we'd love to include you and these relationships for us are built in life groups to where you build relationships and you build those co good connections and you build trust over time where people can encourage you and support you i mean paul says in ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 he says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints in other words that's just another way of saying that, that we pray for one another and as we pray for one another a lot of times the needs the situations come to light paul said in philippians chapter 2 verse 1 he said so if there's any encouragement in christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection and sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind so all of a sudden he begins to talk about a good connection he talks about good relationships he talks about unity and he goes on and has having the same love being in full accord of one mind doing nothing from rivalry conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourself so paul would tell us this that in healthy relationships there needs to be compassion and we need to be considerate of one another and understand that, you know what, none of us arrived and none of us are perfect. The third and the last thing about good relationships or good connections is this, is that they're consistent. Is they're just consistent. I mean, to where you, you build the, these relationships. Listen, I'm telling you, it takes, it takes a long time to be old friends. It, it, I'm telling you, it takes walking through battles together walking through crisis together, walking through life together, walking through celebrations and mourning and all of those other things together to where you understand that, you know what, they're going to be there, to where you understand that it's just consistent. First um, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, we'll just continue to read. We'll read the following text. Here's what he, he writes. He says, You are witnesses in God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God and who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but what, what it is really is, the word of God, 
which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, become imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. In other words, what Paul is saying, Paul is talking about this issue of consistency. Paul is talking about having people around you that can just encourage you regardless of what you're walking through in life. Just follow God in a manner that is worthy. Just, just be a fully devoted follower of Christ. I mean, in, in life, right? In life, it is really discouraging when someone you believe in fails. When someone you believe in falls. I mean, that's discouraging, right? But it's also very encouraging when someone lives a godly life in front of you. When someone goes through pain and when someone goes through loss and when someone goes through law, hurt, when someone goes through betrayal, and they just continue. They just continue to live a godly life. They don't make excuses. They don't blame. They just continue. I mean, I'm telling you, it is encouraging when you get to see that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, he says, Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that is an amazing statement right there. That if you'll just follow him with consistency, that you'll be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. See, in the times in the society in which we live, when it seems like everything's falling apart, can live a godly life in this corrupt world without falling or without failing. But when we see someone doing it, it's encouraging to us. Paul said in verse 11, he says, For you know, like a father with his children. I mean, this, this is a picture of this life is not your own. It's this, it's this picture of, of parenting. It's this consistency of parenting. See, when, when Karen and I, when we were young and we were starting out a family, I, I had this false belief, and I believed that once we raised our girls and got them out of our house, the parenting would, like, end. <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't end, right? Parenting, parenting once they're out of the house, it may look different, but it doesn't end. It's consistent. And this is what Paul is saying. Listen, so interesting to me. When, when I became a Christian in 1983, the first verse that I memorized really became my life verse. Galatians 6, 9. I, I learned this verse in, in the NIV. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's, that's become a life verse to me. Here's what it says in the ESV. I, I just want to read it in the ESV. And he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season, in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Listen, let me tell you something. It's okay to struggle. Struggle is a part of life. It's okay to struggle, but it is not okay to give up. It is not okay to give up. And what Paul indicates in Galatians is this, is that, that when we begin to lose heart, something happens. And when we lose heart, something happens in our mind. The Greek would say this, there's a weakening of the mind, and then something happens to the body. 
mean, you ever felt like giving up? You ever come to that place in your life where you just felt like giving up? Can I just tell you this? If you don't have any connections with people or God, if you have bad connections, or if you have fake connections, you're not going to have anyone around you that believes the best in you and just encourages you. It says, don't give up. Because if you don't give up, get it, because if, if you refuse to give up, you will reap a harvest. Telling you, I'm encouraging you. See, it's only in good connections that you have people around you that when you feel like giving up, they can believe the best in you and speak into your life. See, when we encourage people, what Scripture says, just three quick things and we're going to close. That, that when we encourage people, we have to be specific. We have to come to the place where we're just specific and tell them what we see in them and, and to encourage them. We have to learn to just to be real. Not only specific, but real. I'm not talking about transparency. Listen, it's unsafe to be totally transparent with everyone, but I am talking about this. Just learning to be authentic. Just learning to be real. Just learning to be willing to say, you know what? Me too. And the third thing is this, is we just need to come to the place where we're, we're just accepting. Just accepting. We're accepting of people. We don't have to agree with all that they're doing and all that they're saying, but just to where they know that this is a safe place. That's why Paul said, let us not become weary in doing good. Because if we do not give up, we will reap a harvest. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you as a result of this message? And maybe more importantly, what is your next step? Listen, every one of us has a next step. If you evaluated your relationships around you, where are you? You know, it concerns me this morning is some of you would say, you know what, I'm in the no connection. I don't really have a connection with anyone. And more importantly, I, I don't have a connection with God. Well, God wants to change that this morning. Because really and truly, that's where it starts. It starts with making a connection with Him. And this morning, if you'd say, you know what, I, I, I don't have a connection with God. Then would you just come to the place and just, in your own words, just tell Him in this moment with your heads bowed and eyes closed, God, I, I want to connect with you. And I want to know you. And Lord, I'm making a confession to you that my sins have separated me from you. And so I'm asking you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to be able to say that I am found in you. That I'm totally and completely forgiven. And into the very best of my ability, I'm just going to follow you. Just going to follow you. Maybe for some of you, maybe your next step is to find some good connections. Let's make it a commitment to find a life group and join a life group in September when they launch. For you have Christian friends and Christian people around you because you'll never reach your full potential without people around you that can believe the best in you. Maybe this morning you'd say, you know what, I, I just have a prayer request. I I just need someone to pray for me. Well, we want to pray for you. So if you have a need, if you have a prayer request, 
In just a few minutes after I pray, we're going to stand. And when we stand, if you need prayer, I'm just going to ask you to respond. And that as we stand up, that you just step out, begin making your way down to the front. We'll have prayer partners down here. We'll have people walking with you. But if you need prayer in your life, whether it's a financial issue, a relational issue, a medical issue, maybe you're trying to discern God's will for your life, a decision that you have to make. Maybe you want to pray for someone else. Whatever burden you have, we want to lift that burden. We just want to pray for you. And we want to encourage you. It's part of the one another's. It's part of what James 5 says when we were life journaling through it. When we need prayer, we call people around us of the church to pray for us, to encourage us. So after I pray and we stand, if you need prayer in any area of your life, as you stand up with the rest of us, would you come? Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. Father, we just thank you for the, just the power of, of community of healthy community. Father, we thank you that you wired us for connections, not only a connection with you, but a connection with others. And may we find that. Father, this morning I ask that people would just simply respond to you who need prayer. And that, Father, that burdens would be lifted, prayers would be answered as people just simply respond to you. And would they find comfort? Would they find encouragement? Would they find support? As we just simply pray for one another. Father, we thank you that your word, word teaches us that's a powerful thing when people pray for us. So we just look forward to see what you're going to do in these moments. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.